I just want to share about power of the testimony. I'm actually going to have Nick come and share some things. Um, no, I don't know. He's just, yeah, come on. You come right up. No, I was, my wife was asking about stools. You want to sit? You can sit if you want, but you don't want to sit, I know. But uh, just in, in, in introduction to this, uh, I'll give the intro right about uh, ready. I'll just get us going. But uh, I guess apparently four years ago, while this young man was in Teen Challenge, <laughs> two close friends, well, a friend and his father had said, you know, when he was up in uh, Berlin, how many know where Berlin is? New Hampshire. Wow, all these people know where Berlin is? I never knew where Berlin was until like a year ago. No, that's not true. That's not true. But Jesse, I love you guys. Anyway, we're not we're not on uh, we're not on TV tonight, so that's good. Um, Holy Spirit. But anyway, there was a um, a time while he was ministering with Teen Challenge up at a church up in Berlin, and our friend John Patrick, who they've been coming back and forth. They they were with us at the inception of this way back in in Portsmouth and the early days here. And they were they had moved back, and so John was there with his dad, and met Nick. They were ministering, and anyway, John's father Rodney blew him up for the word. But they both encouraged him to come here, visit Kingdom Awakening. That was four years previous to his showing up here. Although I had scoped him out at prayer sets up in uh, in Salem at uh, Freedom House, I met you one time. I don't even know if I met you necessarily. I just saw you. So anyway, but when he walked in here, I'll just say this. Previous, we were on October 31st praying in Salem at his dad's church, actually, when he did worship with Tori and, and, and Bagels. And uh, I'd had a word for him. And no, it just never happened. Just, you know, he got out of there or whatever. The night went long, and, and it didn't happen until he showed up here about a week, week and a half later, something like that. Yeah, he came in like a week later. And at that point, uh, I had a word for him. Didn't remember all that I had. Uh, but he reminded me. So listen, he's going to testify to something that happened two months ago, almost three months ago, right, at this point. And, and I'm saying that to say this. He, he told me like two weeks ago, and the Holy Spirit was, I was like blown away. So I'm, there's something here for people in this room, because I'm going to say because of the power of the testimony, it can be repeated in a moment. Are you hearing me? What he's going to testify to, you can take if you want it. All right? Everyone in this room. Hello? All right. There we go. All right, cool. Hey, guys. So, <clears throat> so yeah, that week I came in, um, <clears throat> there was a lot going on in my life and stuff. So, um, But it really, you know, I didn't know what the Lord was doing necessarily yet. And the last four years have definitely been like, a desert, and you know, 
it was like my 40 years in the desert, but, um, yeah, but it was four, <laughs> not 40. <laughs> yeah. And I was dealing with a lot of stuff, like I left Team Challenge early, which I knew I wasn't supposed to do. And, and yeah, I knew I was kind of cheating the desert by leaving early. But he's good through it all, you know? And he was good that whole time. But long story short, um, what was leading me to come here was totally, it was totally outside of the fact that I had seen them like the week before Oh, I had no clue, yeah. I had no clue who Miles and his family were. I had no clue. I had just been on the drums, and Tori was up on the stage, too, playing. I had no clue she was his daughter or anything. But, um, and it was crazy, because when the Lord, like, I really, like, that kingdom awakening from four years ago, it kind of came back to my mind, like, out of nowhere. And I didn't even know that Miles, while I was on the drums, Miles... <laughs> Miles is up speaking, and I was like, who is this guy? Like, I kept asking myself, like, who is this guy? Like, something something about that guy. But I didn't know he was a pastor of this church that I had been hearing about for four years. But so <clears throat> basically, um, you know, there was a lot of little things before I got here. I was still smoking cigarettes. I was still on my Adderall prescription, which I'd been on my whole life. And, uh, yeah, and those things, you know, I knew, I knew I should be, I wasn't on drugs or anything. I had been clean from that for the four years. But, um, yeah, it, like, when the Lord led me here, I, I didn't really sense immediately what was going on. But when I got here that night, when Miles, like, picked me out of the, you know, I, I don't remember where I was sitting, but he just, Little did I know what was really going to happen, but all those things from those four years that hadn't been broken off yet, the, it, when Miles is speaking over me, giving me a word from the Lord, he literally said, the door to the desert is shut. And I was, that, that's when I just started shaking and freaking out, and it, it was the Lord just coming over me, though. It wasn't me, like, knowing, like, you know, so, but anyway, there's so much to it, but I'm One second. So, no, here, because there's a lot of things happen, right? So, when I spoke that, like, I, Holy Spirit knows the words to say, right? So, when I say to him, he, he consciously said to me when we, when he began to testify about this thing in, about the desert was like this thing that hung over him. Like, I'm in a desert now because of my decision. And so, just by the, the Lord's, I just give the, because honestly, give me credit and it's foolishness by saying those words the deserts the door to the desert is closed something broke and i saw him he just like was shot by something and and when he hit the ground he, he got he was down for like an hour maybe more i don't know he was down for a while but here's the thing like people i just want to testify because when when you get a lot of courtesy drops. <laughs> like, I don't need to lay hands on someone and push them down. Right? God just shot the young man 
come on, because he wanted to do something in the in those moments. So then you, you, you came up off the ground, completely grateful and blasted by the Holy Ghost, pretty drunk. And and so what what was the fruit? Well, so throughout that, well, when I got home, I was just, oh, yeah. Oh, the hunger for the word. Just from that. Oh, no, I'm not kidding. The hunger from the word for the word. It was really just something I had been crying out for, but... You know, I was just, oh, the distractions. Here, it's all coming to me now. The distractions that were in my life, you know. It, it was crazy, and I was choosing those things over simple things like, you know. I feel the Holy Spirit say to me, like, spend some time with me. Bring, bring it to work. And, you know, I, I'm going around saying to my family how I want to grow and stuff, but I never just sit down. I don't know what, ever since I left the program, just things started looking like they used to, to be honest. And I got baptized with the Holy Spirit in there, and that changed my whole life. But, like, that is where it all stemmed out of. But, sorry, I squint. No, but, um, and, yeah, when I got home that night, I noticed something totally different, man. Like, I was like, whoa, I got to go read the Word. So I went home and started digging in the Word, and, you know, like that original, you know, when you first really got baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're just like, whoa, man, and this stuff starts just jumping out, you know, yeah, that was like all over again, really, and, and I had this sense that the Lord was really doing something, obviously, I knew that he was doing something, I've tasted and seen before that God is good, you know, so that a week goes by, and I've been digging in the word, and then I noticed myself, like, kind of just not, like, the cry of my heart was to get these distractions out of the way, to dive in with the Lord, and whatever was holding holding me back, or whatever I was choosing over him, you know, because I saw, like, a, a list of things, make sure Jesus is at the top, how wrong was I, he is our life, like, he is our life, like, that, just all these, you know, truths of who he is, and who I am, you know, who he is in me and what he's doing became a reality again and so a week later I just never bought a pack of cigarettes again I don't like it wasn't hard like it was the Lord it wasn't me being like yeah you got this now I was just like yeah I don't really want to buy a pack of cigarettes ever again so then I just stopped and I was like praise God yeah yeah young yeah that's been something that it's kind of affected me differently as a pastor's kid because I've walked in church every week, reached the same spot, and, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I was aware of that, you know, so it was something that I really wanted to kick out of my life, but the Lord did that. And so then another couple weeks go by, and a lot's going on at this point, and I'm just spending all day with the Lord, and that hasn't stopped. But, uh, no, and, and, yeah, no, it is one, wow, anyway, and, uh, and just obeying, like, the, like, oh, wow, if I had only obeyed back then, but thank God he turns all things to good, he takes so many, like, all this bad stuff and just turns it good, it's just who he is, it comes out of who he is, you know, and, 
he's been showing me. I've learned more in the last couple months alone with him than I ever have in my life of growing up in it as a pastor's kid. Not that that saved me or my parents' relationship did anything for me, really. I mean, I, I knew the ways that I should go. You know, that scripture where it says, teach your children the way they should go. Oh, yeah. Then another week or two goes by and my, <coughs> my, <laughs> I had like a, a gene test coming up. And it wasn't, it was just from my doctor at another week. And Cy, I don't know if that's the case. I'm sure we can all handle it, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and just the Holy Spirit for what he's, what he's been doing. I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to that. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to go do that. And it was in order to get my body. And I just didn't go and canceled it. I was like, yeah, I'm all set, Jim. And that's something I've been on literally since I was saved. Like, when I would think I was in episodes of sin. Yeah, that's why I'm a little smart. Not really. I'm not anything. No, I refuse that. Yeah, no. There's no part in charge. He's So the way that the Lord restored me, like so many things that I thought I messed up for good, like literally thought I messed up things like for, for good and that I'd never be in the place I was with the Lord again. And, you know, all in all, all in all, it was just taking my eyes off me, <laughs> like in the distractions, just pushing through. Who cares what I want to do? Like, I know what I should do. It's a choice. And, you know, I started choosing what I know is the truth, what I know is right, and that's the Lord. And, oh, Jesus can restore in this amount of time. You know, like, but I just really never got to see that yet because my first time around with the Lord was my first, you know, I had never been baptized in the Holy Spirit before. I had never really, you know, so when I got to the program and that all started, I thought it would be like that forever. I really did. I thought it would just stay like that. And outside of the walls, I, I hadn't really chosen on my own. Without structure of a program or, you know, it was easy in there. <laughs> that, it was easy in there. And I thought it was hard. But when they tell you to sit down and read and they tell you to go to bed and tell you to eat and stop eating, like it's really hard for them. So I went back to that, really. I just worked my, but yeah, he did it all though. It's like these things that I strive to get through and like totally struggled with, they just fell off. Like it's that simple with Jesus and I'm really getting that now, you know, but it just, it's just stuff fell off and oh yeah, meeting you guys has been like huge for me. It's been a, I've never had community. I've always been in my dad's church. I've never really went out to another church, never wanted to either. And then when I come here the first day, that all happens, and my life totally radically starts changing like every day. And the desires that went back to bashing the world really all start going back to him. And it is amazing how he does it all. That's just the best part. Like, it's all him, for him. Like, you know, I feel like he just restores perfect in times where we feel like it's 
like to just empty. It's not going to produce anything good. You know, and being filled with the Spirit, man. Being filled with the Spirit, that's how we bear good fruit. That's how we bear the fruit of the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. And, you know, I used to go to church and I think we should get filled with the Spirit. What a joke. I can get filled with the Spirit at home. I do all day. Yeah, no, like, well, yeah, what a joke. Like, let's be honest here. I'm just being honest, but, yeah, and Dwayne Myers has really, and all these guys really have kind of taken me under their wings along with the Lord. You know, it's really meant a lot to me, and my life has radically changed in two months' time in something that I was messing up for four years, but, you know, back to the first love. So here's what we'll do. How many feel like they just, God can release something fresh for them? Hunger for the word. These are two, two things that he said. Hunger for the word and just this vibrant life in God. You can get it right now. Why? Because he just testified to it, and I'm going to just have him pray a prayer over you right now, right? And how about the other thing? Like, if you have any life-controlling life things, right? can be anything. Ready? And God will can touch you in a moment. It doesn't have to be down the aisle. It doesn't have to be as dramatic. You know, sometimes the Lord does dramatic, and I, I love that because obviously, right, powerful. But here's the deal. He can do it right here, like he just said. He can do it right in your seat. He can do it at home. He can do however he wants. But we just got to say, God, I, I just take it. And, Lord, I desire you. So I, how many want that right now? Just take it. So ready? We're just going to pray. I think you should pray, to be honest. So just release it, okay? Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that we can come to you. Lord, thank you that you're changing the desires of our hearts, Lord, to line up with you, Father. Lord, I pray that everyone in this room would, would be in divine alignment with you, Lord, that your will would be done in our lives so that we can bear good fruit. And it's... And I pray, Lord, I ask, Lord, that anyone here, you know our hearts, so anyone here that might be in a similar place or might need a refreshing in the word or just in you, Lord, thank you that you're good and you'll meet them right there. It's guaranteed. Thank you, Lord, that everything with you is yes and amen if it's aligned with your word. So thank you that we can, oh, what a blessing. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for everyone in this place, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in us individually and as a whole, together as a church. And Jesus, I pray blessing over them. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you that as we come to you, you always meet us. You always meet us right there. Father, I thank you. Let your will be done, Father, on earth as it is in heaven. And anyone who responds to this tonight, I pray you touch them right where they are. And I know you will. So thank you, Holy Spirit. Just move through this place as you always do. In Jesus' name. So good, right? I think you just get Jesus a huge amen for that. That's really good because I, I don't know. Here's what annoys me too. <laughs> I'll just be honest. No, because ready? What? Here's how it should go, though. This is how it should go. 
what took me struggle, right, to get free from certain things in my life. Came in, now, it didn't go with him quite so easy, but in a moment, God touched and took things, right? Things that, you know, even, even desire for the word and hunger for things that, of God, right? Certain things just I have had to cultivate. You understand what I'm saying? This is how it should work. That the Holy Spirit, what we have, you release to, to the next generation or the person next to you. It doesn't have to be the, the younger generation. It could be the older generation. And they should be able to receive that and go to someplace higher. Because God, you can't give what you don't have. Right? All of us. We can't give what we don't have. And God wants to give and release things. And uh, so, you know, when he said he just got up and the desire was gone, I'm like, this is awesome. But I know that I went through, I went through seasons in my life where it was a struggle and a fight on certain areas. And I'm telling you, God wants to see the captive free. We'll talk more about that in a moment. And I, and I know this, that the the, the desire of the Lord is that we receive more of him so that we can give him away. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged. And it's happened with other, you know, listen, there's, there's people that are off in ministry school right now that I, listen, I know God set them free in a moment from certain things. And it was just by being obedient and not even nothing like that. It wasn't even a word of knowledge. It wasn't even... Thus saith the Lord, God's closing the desert door. No, it wasn't that. It didn't go like that anyway. But, you know, but it's, it's this. It's just praying the prayer. Just asking God, will you just do this? And I'm telling you guys, there's going to be some shifting because we're going to pray for rain tonight. We're going to ask for rain, more rain, even in the time of rain. And I'm telling you, I, I, as I was just beginning to go through, I, I, I don't know why I got stuck on statistics today. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit just began to reveal things to me <coughs> about a generation, actually the, the whole region. And uh, do you know that it was alarming, yet encouraging in the same time. So as I began to look at, you know, the most uh, highly... Christian states, the most, then the least Christian states, guess what I found? You already know this, but I, this, the crazy thing is, like, you know, we wish, <laughs> well, let's go start a church in Alabama where it's 71% Christian. Like, that's going to be easy. Well, let's go plant a ministry in, uh, uh, let's see, where was the other place, Tennessee or or wherever, you know, there's, there's, there's a whole, the first half of the list is 70 to 60% to Christian in the region. Churchgoers. Guess where we land? 50. Massachusetts, where I live, and New Hampshire, 50. That means where, some statistics say 26%, maybe 30-something, 30 33 I like the number 33, Larry Bird. You know what I'm saying? Double threes. So here's the deal. What I, 
and all of New England, right? So Maine, <laughs> Maine and Vermont, they're not much better. Ready, Connecticut, 43%. Rhode Island, breaking, breaking out at 49%. No, I don't even understand it. I'm like, Rhode Island? Rhode Island. Maybe because the square mile is probably, anyway, small. It's the smallest state in the, in the union, right? Here's the deal. I believe this. Ready? The Lord just started shifting everything in my mind, thinking this way. Listen, and you need to think this way, that there's, the harvest rate is 67%. I don't have to deal with trying to reach 30% of the people. I have 67, almost 70%. I'll go more towards 70. 70% of the region is ripe, ready for rain in the time of rain. Because you cannot look at what we're doing and say, God, why so many? Like, it's funny because I go to Jesus. We went down to Jesus and there's like 6,000 people, right? Jesus uh, 19. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm just a little fish in this huge pond. Like, this is what I think. You know, we did our, our gatherings. They had three to 400, right? It's like, pink. You know, who's throwing? But here's the deal. It's not, it's not about the event or the conference because most of it's all Christians. You know, they're, they're all Christians coming. I just want to look at this fact. 70% ready. Most of the states are 50% and over. Two-thirds of the nation is like that. It's not all grim. <laughs> we just live in the place that's depleted of believers. Depleted of, of believers. But here's the deal. God wants to send the rain in the time of rain. I'm telling you guys, if you can't hear the fact that it's raining right now, and, and I say rain, and some people are in this room, they say, what are you talking about rain? I'm talking about where the Holy Spirit is moving and the pouring of God is coming to, to a region. That's here. That's now. That's all over, actually, America right now. It's all over the nations right now. But I, can I tell you, when, when the harvest is ripe, like Jesus said, it, we need the rain to come on. It just, you know what the rain does? It just begins to make the fruit grow even fatter and bigger. And come on, it just between, begins to retain water. And, and while we get right, the rain comes first, the first rain, the, the, the latter rain and the former rain. The former rain is the rain that we do, that happens when you sow the seed. And while we're always sowing seed, God's trying to get us to see that there's more rain coming after the latter rain. When the latter rain comes, it's to, to ripen what's already growing. And then we have this crazy verse in Zechariah 10. It said, ask for rain in the time of the latter rain, and the Lord will make flashing clouds, and he will give them showers of rain and grass of the field for everyone. And see, what I understand is this, is that we are in the final countdown, right? And do I think that Jesus is going to show up before I die? Maybe not. Listen, every generation thought that the Lord was coming in their generation. And that's a good place to stay. Listen, we ha it's, the Bible tells you to be ready to be, have oil 
to have come on get ready because the vats of wine and the oil it's coming and we need to be ready for when the spirit is moving and we need to be prepared and the lord's trying to get us to to uh, bring us into alignment with what he's doing in these moments right now right and he's saying will you ask for rain in the time of the latter rain it's the rain is already happening the rain is it's already pouring it's raining But who's awake to hear the rain? And I, I just really, I feel, I feel in my, in my, I was sensing in my spirit, I'm like, God, you know, if, if you look at these statistics, you could become discouraged. <laughs> and he said, no, don't be discouraged. Here's what it's about. It's about the multiplication of what I'm going to do in the latter rain. As, as the rains are coming, as the as there's generations, come on! I start I started reading about the millennials and the and the Z's and the X's. Come on, my generation is the X's. There's so much that God, you know, I could go and try and figure it all out. I know what to do. One thing: pray for rain in the time of rain. There's only one thing I can do: is pray for rain in the time of rain because God wants to pour out His Spirit in our time, just like He used Smith Wigglesworth. Listen, I'm, you know, I'm sick on the couch. I'm watching Catherine Kuhlman in, <laughs> I was watching 1975 Catherine Kuhlman meeting, ready, at Caesar's Palace. And they called it Catherine Kuhlman Day. I was like, what? Where am I? It was awesome. And the miracles that were flowing and the salvations that were happening in this great stadium. And, and I'm just like, God, you can do that here. Will you do it here? Will you do it now? God, this is my heart because I'm, as I'm watching things, I'm starting to, come on, 1975 video shouldn't make me cry. It's kind of tacky looking. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, I was riding a big wheel then or something. I don't know what was happening. You know, really. Something Something I have to I have to say, I have to confess, it brought faith in my heart because I'm like, God, if you could do it then, you can do it now. And if you if you did it back then and it was through one person and God, listen, I don't, you know, and I don't even buy into a lot of this nameless, faceless generation stuff because there's a there will be names throughout history of God bright rising up. And it's not about celebrities. This is what I'm talking about. God will use people who are prepared, who are sitting in the place. Right? I do. I do believe, yes, God doesn't want any, you know, this, all this fanfare and this celebrityism because we get stuck and we become idolatrous. Hello. We become idolatrous to those are around us because they got the goods and we don't. No, I'm telling you, you have the goods and everyone else around you should have the goods. But I'm telling you, we don't need to call ourselves. People need to just really just look and say, God, I just give my life to you. I want to see what you're going to do in these days. I give myself entirely to you, to what you're about to do. And I just want to be in absolute uh, alignment with what you're doing. So what God gives us now, we have to answer for. I don't know, this is something that the Lord was speaking to me and it kind of shook me. He said, what I give you now, you have to answer for later. That means we, we, 
I want the glory cloud. I want his presence. I want all these things to, to cover my life. I want to see him in all his fullness. But what does that mean at the end of the day? Because when he shows up, you better be doing something with what he's given you. When he shows up, when the rain comes and we're crying out for the latter rain and the former rain, and, and on top of that we're crying for rain, what does it look like? Because if there's just an outpouring and we have a good time, that's not what God, that's not what God's looking for. I'm telling you. I'm promising you that. So why do I need more? I need more because I am about to step into something bigger and greater than I can even handle. Why would you be asking for more if you're not about to step into something that's going to bring you out of your comfort zone into another place that is way more uncomfortable than you ever thought? You need rain in that time. I don't need rain when I'm, when I'm sitting on the bench and I'm warming seats. I'm telling you, it's okay. We come to church. This is what we do sometimes. But there's, there's a reality of what happens after. Yes, intimacy with Jesus. But intimacy has to take you to a place. Intimacy has a destination, and it's called the harvest. And we can't keep praying for things to happen that's already happening. Like, God, I, I'm praying for rain in the time of rain. So when it says, when he says, ask for rain in the time of rain, what does that even mean? I said, God, what does ask mean? What does it mean? It's what I desire. It's what I crave. Even better, it should be what you demand. And the Lord is looking for a generation that will demand something from him. That means we demand something of God. Yes, God, I want to be whole, body, mind, and spirit. Because he wants you to prosper in your soul. He wants you to prosper entirely in your entire being. Amen? Amen. But there comes a point where we go and we receive and we receive and we receive and we don't ever do anything. So we have to put a demand on what God is dropping in our hearts right now, right now. There has to be a demand. Well, you say, are you demanding from God? Yes, I'm going to demand from the Lord. Because your inheritance is at hand. And God is looking for those who will step out of comfort into total place, places of complete relying on him. I need the rain to flood me so I don't know <laughs> he's not around me. Come on, I need his spirit all around me. So that when I step out of places that are comfortable, I'm stepping into a place where he is already. Listen, I don't know if you've ever been. I, I've been in rain in New England. It's, it's been intense. But when I was in India, and I was at the tail end of, 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 a, of a season before the rain monsoon season. <laughs> and when the rain came, it came. I'm telling you this was the former ladder and some other rain. I don't know what was happening, but the rain came down so quick. And, the, and the, when the, here's what happens. When the, when the 
when the, when the landscape is dry and the rain comes hard, guess what happens? It doesn't go anywhere. It goes all up in your ankles and all around your legs. And I'm like, man, this is, and never mind you're in India where it's nasty. And all the things that are being washed up out of the earth. And come on, God's trying to do something in the earth. He's trying to flood the earth with his presence. He wants to flood with the, with the latter rain and the former rain. And he says, come on, continue to ask for rain in that season. Why? So it stirs up all the things in the earth that need to be washed out. And God wants to purify by his water. He wants to begin to move things around. And he's looking for those who will cry out and say, I will walk in it. I will ask for it, and I'll live in it, and it will encompass me, and I don't care what it looks like all around me because I'm telling you, sometimes it looks messy when the rain comes. But we have to ask, we have to crave, and we must desire. What do you crave? Ask for rain. I'm asking for the Holy Spirit. I'm asking that while the Holy Spirit's moving, and he's all over the earth. God, where are you in New England? I, I know you're moving in New England, but I'm asking God for an outpouring that doesn't look like what it's looked like in the past. Lord, we've had two awakenings in his, history. They've been historical. And, it's, and we happen to live in the place that is now the driest. And I'm telling you, God's saying, call for the rain. Come on, you saw the first rain. You saw the rain of the first awakening with Whitfield and the Methodist movement, and it came. And then we saw the second great awakening, which was with Finney, and all, the, all that happened that came out of New York and then outpouring in New England again. And it woke the, 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 it woke the colonies up again, and it broke slavery. It broke the back of slavery. One will start revolution, the other will break slavery. So what happens when God comes in this awakening? What does it look like when he falls in New England in this awakening? What does it look like when he breaks the back of every enslavement? What does it look like when he, he pours out his spirit and people, he wrecks the church once again. All those nights, we're driving through New England last night, and I see all these nice white churches with the belfries all lit up. And I'm thinking, that looks nice. But what do you want to do in every one of these white churches? All these churches that have history, and if the walls inside could speak, I'm sure some of them saw moves of God in the early centuries. And I'm telling you, we need to call those things back. Those things that be not as though they were. Those things back, called by faith. The things that we believe in God to bring us into in fullness. And it doesn't please. I, I don't even want to go back to the old way. I want to go into the new way. And I don't want it to look like it looked like then. I want it to look like just as God designed it to be now. And I'm telling you, there has to be a spirit of revival on a people before there is a fullness of revival in the land. And I'm telling you tonight that there's a release of what he wants to do in, in your heart right now. God wants to pour out. Listen, it's interesting that both ends, it's funny, both ends of the country. I saw this map. It was a grid. 
California and those upper states, and then all New England, but not the mid states. The mid states, it, it's like a bookend, and it's the it's the least churched area. It's messed up. It's on. It's capped both ends of the country, and I'm telling you, there's going to be a convergence, and that that yellow murky color is going to turn burning red. I'm telling you. And I believe that California will meet New England, and there'll be a blowing of the wind of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, somewhere, somewhere, we must desire to see the Holy Ghost burn across into the Mississippis and burn across from California into the Mississippis and meet in the, meet in the middle, whatever it looks like. I don't care what it looks like, but God, would you bring it now? Are we crying? Who's crying for rain in the time of rain? Joel chapter 2 said this, be glad then, verse 23, be glad then you children of Zion. Be glad then you children of Zion and rejoice in the Lord your God for he has given you the former rain faithfully. And he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain, the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors will be full of wheat. And the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. And then Hosea says this, let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. Listen, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. And he will come to us like rain. Like the latter rain and the former rain in the earth. Listen. The Lord is looking for those who will, what? Pursue. <clears throat> I don't want to get stuck in works. But I'm telling you, the Lord's looking for those who pursue. Those who ask. Those who knock. Those who look. Who's looking for the coming of his presence. Who's looking for the day of the Lord. Who's looking for the time when he's of his visitation. Because I don't want to miss the time when he visits. Come on, there, there's got to be some of us who have our eyes open and we're ready to hear what he's about to do. And, I, and all I hear is, is God says, I've already given to you everything you need in life and godliness. I've already given it to you. He gave it to you in, in John. He said this. He said this. He said, listen, if anyone thirsts for me, let him come to me. Right? He stood up on the great day of the feast. And he said, anyone, anyone. Anyone who thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me. He who believes in me. Do you believe in him? No, do you believe? Does your faith move God? Does your faith go after God and pull him into you, into you, right into you? And then when you pray, something begins to happen. When you pray, does the rain begin to come? Because that's what he's looking for is a church that will pray and begin to make the rain come. Because our desire is, is postured just like that of Elijah, right? It was Elijah that said to Ahab in the days when Jezebel was taking over the region. He said, listen, listen, here's my promise to you. At my word, listen, at my word. He said, the prophet said, at my word, there will be no rain. There will be no rain at less my word. There's something that's about to happen. 
There's something where there's going to be a church that will just say, I will pursue and I will come after you, Lord. And I won't just sit in my room anymore. And I won't just pray. Yes, I'm telling you guys, we all need, we all need, I need it. I need, I need to sit on the couch and allow the glory and the presence and the power of God to come over me. I need that. You can't live without that. You cannot survive without that. In these days that are coming, you will not survive. You won't. I promise you, you need his presence bellowing over your presence, over you. Like, like, like the deep calls unto deep, like I talked to about last week. It's the deep that calls out to deep. Does the deep inside you call? Like, like was testified. Does the deep inside you cry out? Because your life cannot sit in frustration or idle. He's going to bring you out of idleness if you just go and ask. <laughs> I love, you know, some of the stuff we're asking God, you know, you don't need to be led. If you are a son of God, you are led by the Spirit. If you are a son of God, you are led by the Spirit. I'm telling you, God is about to raise up an army that is, that is completely given and devoted to doing. 519, John 519 says, I only see and I do what I hear my father saying. I can only see what God's telling me to do and I can only hear what God's telling me to do. And when he does that, I do those things. And you have to live by that. I have to live by that. That when he's speaking... I'm obeying. That when he's doing something, I'm not bringing, listen, and I, and, I, and I just have to be just honest. The love that has to cover us. I know I'm yelling tonight. It's okay. I yell every night, I feel like. More and more. <laughs> but there's, there's just something that I, I know that the Lord is saying. He's saying, you need to be so filled up with the love of God that I'm not breathing condemnation on the next generation. They know that they're walking in sin. I know when I'm walking in sin. I know when I'm walking in disobedience. I'm not mad at you. I just have to get this point across. Listen to me. Because the millennials, Gen Z, they're looking for community. They're looking for family. They're looking for people to come and grab a hold of them and say, I'll, I'll walk with you. I'll show you. Just come. Just come. And I'm telling you, there's something that has to break over the church. There is no condemnation. I'm telling you, there has to be this outpouring of love and presence that's going to win a generation. And it's going to win the next generation. And it's going to win the next generation. Because everyone knows they are full of sin. Come on. As soon as you get in the presence of God, you know, oh, God, I'm just like Peter. I'm like, God, I'm a, I'm a wicked and sinful, wretched man. Just get away from me. That's how I was. And I don't want to be sin-focused. Because it's the fire of his fiery love that's going to win the college career. It's going to win my generation, the Exodus. It's going to win everybody. I didn't get through that scripture. What happened? He who believes in me, 
believes in me and the words I say, he didn't say that, but he who believes in me and the things that I say, as the scriptures say, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. You don't need anything else but more rain. <laughs> I need more rain. I need more water. Listen, the promise is that he's already given it to you. The promise says this, he who believes in me has the water. You have the answer. You have the power. You have the anointing. We just got to stop calling ourselves and let Jesus call us. Remember? Remember, listen, he goes, he, goes to, he goes to the woman at the well and he says this. He said, whoever drinks this, well, like he's trying to get a drink, you know. She's not playing, you know. He's like, you're not even supposed to be drinking with me. He says, whoever drinks this water will thirst again. He's pointing at Jacob's well. But whoever drinks of the water that I'll give him will never thirst again. But the water that I give to him will become a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Listen, listen to me, listen to me. Living water, a fountain that springs up in life. You know what that speaks of? When Jesus is talking, it's, it's in the Aramaic. It's, it's like this. It's like multiple, multiple waterfalls. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, choke on that. Because really... Think of all that water. I'm telling you, God is wanting to fill us with such an overpowering sense of himself inside of us that people around us, come on, you're not just like a, a garden hose. You're like a fire hose. Like, turn it on, turn it off. Blow you out of the room. I'm telling you, this is what's inside of you. But it just doesn't show up. So I have, we have to have this careful balance. Careful balance. I'm almost done today. Careful balance of what? I need God more than I need anything else. I need him more than I need anything. I need Jesus every day more than anything else. Right? But then I cannot camp there. I cannot camp there. I have to be like on, like Donkey Kong all the time. Like ready, go. Like you come into someone who's, who's limping along or someone who looks like they're having a hard time. Most of us see people who are having hard times every day. But we don't respond. I've been guilty. And here's what the Lord's saying. Change all that. Just be the river that I'm trying to flow. Just call and ask for rain, just whatever it is. And, and when there's people that are broken and busted in their body, just be a river again. Just begin to do what you need to do and, and flow in the Holy Spirit. Because listen, what happens is we try to turn it off. I try to turn it off. I just got to keep that in control. No. Don't be in control. 
don't be in control. Come on, I lived my whole life till I was about 24 out of control. Look at me. <laughs> I've said this before. This is like a heavenly moment. You're allowed to be out of control. You're allowed to be out of control. People need you to be out of control sometimes. I'm not saying be obnoxious. I'm saying just be life. Listen, the life flow that's inside of you, you have no idea. You have no idea. The living water. Listen, I, I was like, God, if it's like that, as I'm studying this today, I'm like, if, this, if, if the water that's inside of me is like magnitudes of waterfalls, what am I doing? It can't just come out on a preach on Sunday. talked about this. It's, it's What's the former rain and the latter rain? I already talked about that, but there's so much, so much about what Jesus talked about and so much all through the Bible is talking about what? The harvest. It's talking about growing. It's talking about uh, farming. <laughs> it's all about farming. It's all about growing. It's all about raising things up. It's all about a harvest. Come on, the harvest we were talking about this on the way here. You know what happened? <coughs> Just think if I go back to when the days of when Whitfield was running the roads, right? People weren't just, you know, they weren't just hanging out on their iPads in their houses. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, right? They were out working the fields or they were doing something, right? Most of them were hardworking people. The colonies, man, they were working. It was a rough life. It wasn't easy. And we've got, uh, we've got, a, we've got a, a handicap now, right? Everything we just get, you know, we can push a button. We can get whatever we want. And we don't learn anything about cultivating or working a field or, come on, watching something uh, grow up out of the earth and tending to it. We don't. We have no grid for this. Like, we have no idea of what God wants to cultivate on the very inside of our hearts. See, he's saying, can you just cultivate that thing? So that, watch, watch what it begins to look like. And then when it begins to look like something, it listen, it should overtake things around you. Like, like Jesus talked about the, the seed and the mustard tree, right? It grew up, and it, it, it was able to take the birds in the air, and it, it was able to cast shadow and, and shade. And we don't even understand that because we don't work like this anymore. I work like that, but the rest of you don't work like that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Come on. Come on. Humor. Some of you would be like, what? You understand what I'm saying? So what's, I, I was like, God, I just, how do we begin to, and listen, I'm asking the Lord for strategy. Lord, how do we begin to, to just continue to cultivate and water what's already happening? Because there is holy seed in the ground. Twice. There's holy seed. Two centuries. Come on. Of a holy seed in the ground. 
and it doesn't listen. It didn't look like it, the same thing the second time around, and it won't look like the same thing the third time around. And even from the revivals in the past, I'm believing that he's going to pour out his spirit in such a way that we begin to see amazing, come on, signs, wonders, all that good stuff, but the harvest of people. Because what's the most important thing is when God gets a hold of your heart and he grips your heart and it's changed for eternity. Done deal. You know, I did something stupid last night. I watched The Passion of the Christ. Why I did that to us, I don't know why. But I say it's stupid because, man, it was like torture. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. I felt like, man, <laughs> just the crucifixion was like a piece of cake. Never mind the, the road to get there. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, you did this for it. And, I'm, you know, I get all emotional. I'm crying on the stinking couch, and it's not good. Anyway, it is good. But the reality is this, that he wants to come to our lives in such a way that the reality of the blood of Jesus, ah, he came to set humanity free. So I'm saying to you tonight, don't ever think what's been done for you is common. can't keep it common. It can't just be something common that I take as, I'm saved, my family's saved, I'm all right, we'll be all right. No, no. It was a huge cost. It was huge. It was the greatest <laughs> double down in the entire galaxy. Like God knew everything that he was going to do. And when he poured Christ's life out in humanity, and I started thinking about the reality of what he wanted to do in all that, right? It wasn't enough for God to just be in this place, right? Because he had Adam in the cool of the day. Can I tell you it wasn't enough? You'll get me in a minute. It wasn't enough just to walk with Adam in the cool of the day. That's not what God's end result was, I promise you. His desire, I know he blew into Adam, his spirit was in Adam, but it wasn't. There was something that happened when Jesus came to the earth. There's something that God gave us as an eternal gift in Christ coming to the earth and dying and raising from the dead. It was now that God was in a man's suit, and he came to earth as one of us to die and bleed and give his life so that we would actually live this whole thing out just like Jesus could. There's something in the power of the blood of Jesus and the resurrection of the, of the, of the Christ that we have yet to even discover. Why do we cry out for rain? Because there is what, something that God is going to pour out in your life. He wanted the closeness of who he is to be right inside of you. Are you, are you getting me? Come on. He wanted everything of who he is, every single thing, every, every atom of who he is in Christ to be inside of you. He's not coming to the earth to win the earth. He's not coming to the earth to do miracles. That's you. 
He came to bring the message and the voice of salvation through this group, through other people, all over the earth. He's the one. But he has to be inside of us in fullness. Come on, God's trying to birth something inside of us tonight. My question is, who's crying out for rain in the time of rain? Who's crying out for rain in the time of rain? Jesus said it like this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is for you. Come on. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you because he has anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent you to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent you to proclaim uh, liberty to the captive and recovery of sight to to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. There is nothing else for your mission. You have one mission. That is your mission. I'm telling you, we try to make things so complicated and we try to put all kinds of spins on on what the church should look like. Listen, I don't have a plan to win all the millennials and the Zs and the Xs and the other ones. I don't have it. I have one plan. It's Jesus. I have one plan. Get this place full of Jesus, more full of Jesus than we can even understand or know and let him absolutely emanate out of you so that when people come in, they know they've, they've been with Jesus. Come on. They know that they've been with Jesus, that when you go out of the the place, out of your prayer closet, that when you begin to pray in your prayer times, that you become so filled with him that you go out and you bind up the brokenhearted, that you begin to go out and heal the sick, and that you begin to go out and set the captive free. That is your mission, Christian, Mr. Christian. Mrs. Christian. So who's crying out for rain in the time of rain? There's nothing else to do. Honestly, during the time that we have ahead, I'm encouraging, just pray. Just pray and ask the Lord. Say, God, I know I have assignments today. Can you just show me my assignments? Every day, every day, every day. Because here's the thing. I get stuck in it too. I can put this on the, ta- on the table or in front of me, and I can spend more time in Facebook than FaceTime with Jesus. It's just true. I can look at everyone else's Insta-face and what they're doing and whatever else is happening, but I'm telling you, I, s- I know it's Instagram. That's a Belichickian, that's a Belichickian thing. There's, there's, there's so many things that we can do that will distract us, and I'm not saying it doesn't have its purpose. Listen, it has its purpose. But I'm telling you, there's something precious that God wants to implode into you. He's saying that you're crying out for rain. I need your help, Tori. There has to be a time when we're giving ourselves completely 
Who's crying out for rain in the time of rain? Who's crying out? Who's asking for rain in the time of rain? Because I promise you this, that when I, when I, when I get filled with the rain, when the rain comes, I can't usually compose myself. When the rain comes, I don't need another thing. You know, I don't need something else. Most of the time when the rain comes, you want to go pour it out someplace else. So just like the, Jesus said, listen, he said in, in John chapter 4, he said just, he said, after, after what I had just shared with you, the woman at the well, he told her all the secrets of her heart, and she ran back and started telling the whole village of Samaria what was going on and who the man that she had talked to knew all the secrets of her heart. Listen, here's what, here's what the Holy Spirit's going to do. He's going to begin to do things in our hearts that begins to speak to us. Listen, you don't have to work at even a gift of the word of knowledge. You need to ask the Lord, God, will you just come and will your rain come? I'm asking for the rain to come. I'm asking for the fire of heaven to come. I'm asking for your water to come and saturate my life in such a way that I can't help but see revival. See, because here's what's going to happen. When, you, when there's some individuals in this place who begin to ask the Lord for rain in the time of rain, what's got, what the Lord is going to do, he's going to pour out his spirit right there on you. Listen, it's almost like the storm cloud will go over you and cover you with the abundance of rain. With the abundance of rain. Listen. <clears throat> we go back to Elijah again for a moment. Because he makes that statement. There'll be no rain except at my word. And he goes and he has it out with the prophets of Baal. Meanwhile, it's a drought. And he's getting buckets and buckets of water. What? God's provision. Doesn't matter how dry the season is, there will always be water. Doesn't matter how dry it looks, there will always be water. Doesn't matter if they're calling for a drought. <laughs> there is no drought. Because God always has water. And I'm telling you tonight that in that, he still saturated the altar with water and it blazed with the fire of heaven it go, we go another another notch ahead in the story and it becomes this he's at the top of the mountain and he's waiting with his servant and what's he doing he's praying for rain when he begins to pray for rain the bible says seven times the Bible says seven times Elijah's praying for rain and he asks his servant, go look. Nothing yet. Go look again. There's no water yet. Seventh time comes back. He looks up, he said, I hear the sound <laughs> of the abundance of rain. Even in the midst of what God is doing, even in these moments where God's pouring out his spirit, listen. I've got a funny job. I'm, I'm here to encourage you, yet feel, let, yet pull you into a place where you desire and need more.
It's an interesting situation I get put in every week. Encourage you, yet set you in a place where you say, God, I need more. Well, I'm telling you, I know my God, and I know he always has more. And I know there's an abundance of rain that's already in the atmosphere. And I know we're already, we're already seeing the fruits of, of things that are already been prayed into. Come on. And we're going to see greater things in the next days ahead, right? I'm saying to myself, what happened to January? <laughs> I'm telling you guys, time has so accelerated, so is your destiny. And if we just press in, come on, and we ask the Lord, Lord, in the time of rain, will you send rain? Because I need it. And what does the rain do? It's going to accelerate things and put things in motion because our desires are on him. Our eyes are on him. Our, our, our expectations is that in the time of, of rain, we're going to hear the sound of the abundance of rain. So I want to do the same thing I did last, last week. I just, I just feel like, just stand with me. We're going we're gonna to just sing. Come on, I'm praying some things, and then, and then I want you to respond. But some of you I know, I talk to you on a day-to-day -day basis. You're thirsty. You're hungry. You have vision for the harvest. I'm asking the Lord to give us not just vision for the harvest, but admit, Lord, give us a place, a way to administrate the harvest. I don't mean that in a weird way. I mean that, that God has to give us apostolic administration to see the harvest come. That means put motion to what we see. All the plans that we have, it has to have motion. It has to, we have to do something. Come on, we have to walk in it. We have to believe for it, but we, we, we have to administrate it. Come on, we have to believe for it. I need rain to help administrate. Come on. You need rain to help administrate what God's put on your heart. You need rain because God's wanting to pour out into your life a brand new way, even now, even today. I don't care if we come in here for the next 12 days. I'd probably say the same thing. I need more of him. I need his reign in the time of rain. So while we just give ourselves over to the Holy Spirit right now in these moments, I'm just going to ask you to just continue to press in for the rain. Some of you have desires to just work some things out. Yeah. You're like, I'm way behind the curve. No, you're not. No, you're not. I heard that. I just heard that. No, you're not. You're not way behind the curve. God's going to ask desire. Listen, if we ask for desire, God will do things. All we have to ask him for is the time of rain in the, in the, in the midst of a rainy season. Come on. Father, all we need is more of you tonight. And spontaneously, I'm just going to say, just come and, and do the same thing we did last week. Last week, listen, there's a time where God wants to pour out rain. And we'll just wait before the Lord. And don't be expecting upon the worship to do, bring you somewhere. Just bring yourself into the heavenly places. 
and just worship before him and say, God, my heart is for rain, God. I'm asking for a drenching outpouring. I'm asking for the floods to come from my life in ways that I haven't seen them before. I'm asking, Father, for the desires of heaven to be birthed in my, in my spirit man tonight. That, Father, the, the things of, of heaven would come and be very, very clear. So, God, I ask tonight that there be an impartation of that. Lord, all over the room. Lord, bringing us into this place where we, we completely are captivated by you. Yet we can't just keep you to ourselves. Father, I thank you that the Spirit of the Lord rests upon us. I thank you for your clear desire in our lives to move us. To engage with you, God. To preach the gospel to the poor. To those who are poor in spirit. Those who are, who are impoverished. They could have a million dollars they could be billionaires, but they're impoverished. They have no, nothing, nothing on the inside. God, you want to use us to touch those people. It could be people without anything, and they need you. Lord, let our lives be a pure testimony of that. Binding up the brokenhearted. Healing those who are oppressed, setting the captive free, and proclaiming the favor of the Lord.